probably Britain's greatest Star Wars podcast. You're listening to the Star Wars Sessions with Matt Hudson and Luke Bly. This is where the fun begins. Good morning, afternoon or evening, wherever you are in the galaxy and welcome to Star Wars Sessions. Come for the Star Wars, stay for the Sessions. My name is Matt Hudson, aka Jabba the Hud, and joining me once again in the cockpit of the Essex Falcon, he is the greatest Star Wars man, fan and buddy out there. And an upcoming addition to the galaxy far, far away, the MCU overlord, Kevin Blige himself. Oh, of course. <laughs> I, I suppose, I suppose it's a pass. I suppose. Topical, topical. Mate, it is naughty and it is topical. And uh, what episode are we on? This is our 97. 97 episodes into the Star Wars sessions. If you're listening to the first time, welcome to the podcast. If you've been listening for ages or even a little while, thank you for listening. And welcome aboard the Naughty Spice train, ladies and gentlemen. There we go. There we go. Matty boy, how on earth are you, mate? Oh, right. let's get business. Ah, oh, I, I spill in. I spill in. Oh, mm. <laughs> oh covered in this. Uh, oh, <laughs> what is going on? What oh, in... oh, man. It's the first time I've had a beer because listeners will know last week I was under the weather. Um, and obviously a closer friend will know. Yes, I, I had a test for COVID because I was not feeling well whatsoever. Thankfully, this morning it came in. Uh, as a negative, so I am COVID-free, never had it in the first place. So I thought, let's crack open a beer ski for the sessions. It's all gone all over me. So uh, it's an original Stormtroop as well. So shout out to our Ooh. friends over there. But um, that aside, other than being drenched in alcohol, I am doing okay, mate. Looking forward to jumping aboard the, the uh, Spice Train and talk some sessions. But how about you? How's your weekend? How's your week? Oh, mate, it's been all right. It's been all right. Um, again, I was feeling a little bit under the weather. Uh, so we were we were meant to, and do you know what, mate? It's basically going for walks. That is yeah. my life. Spare time, go for a walk or shop, and if not, play Minecraft. That is life. That is oh, did I have no? I, that was last the other weekend. I had a curry. Wasn't this weekend? Uh, what? I did. I had a curry last weekend, not this weekend. Yeah, put it on the Discord server. Had a naughty uh, chicken tikka bolti, pilau mm. rice. Mm. Naan bread and some tandoori chicken on the side. Mental, mate. Mental. You remember? Remember what I said the other week that Luke is um, and can also the uh, and also guy. The can I have a uh, chicken bolti, pilau rice, naan bread, and also a uh, chicken tandoori on the side, please. <laughs> also guy. You, it's got to be done. It has Absolutely. got to be done. And um, do you know what? I was actually running a little bit late for this podcast when I made, uh, I had to apologize. I was like, look, I'm going to be a few minutes behind, man. Like the meat I was cooking was a bit slower than I thought. I just had like the calculations in my head wrong. We'd only just come in from the shops and you know how it is. You know how it is. But that was a, uh, that was a spicy time. <laughs> Luke's got a mouthful of chicken and I've got a leg full of beer. So together though we, we we're flying the ship well we're, we're doing well we're doing all right we're doing all right we're doing all right but mate i i am absolutely buzzing to talk the wars again with you this week mate um but it's it do you know what it has been a busy busy time in the star wars galaxy hasn't it oh mate well we sometimes we when we when we come out of episodes we're like what, what do we talk about so anything in the news not so much 
Uh, whereas this week, I mean, the there's been quite a lot of dropping, and some of it could potentially be pretty spicy, isn't it, mate? So um, with that, actually, it's almost like clockwork, pun intended. I'm sure I can hear the, the, the bong of Big Ben Kenobi. Oh, I think you can, mate. In fact, I think it's a galactic news round. Star Wars has officially been organised into six eras. The High Republic, Fall of the Jedi, Reign of the Empire, Age of Rebellion, The New Republic and the Rise of the First Order. Paul Bettany says he would love to reprise his solo Star Wars story character, Dryden Voss, if the opportunity arose and perhaps in a Disney Plus show. Star Wars The High Republic reveals Anakin Skywalker wasn't the youngest Jedi Knight. According to Torrent Freak and other torrenting sites, The Mandalorian is the galaxy's most pirated TV series, overtaking long-time pirating king Game of Thrones. And Lucasfilm have announced all video game releases will now fall under the banner of Lucasfilm Games. Hi, this is Alex Damon from Star Wars Explained, and you're listening to Star Wars Sessions, probably Britain's greatest Star Wars podcast. So me and Kevin Bligey tonight are going to be talking about some recent MCU and Star Wars connections that have come up, some wild speculation, possibly, and others more uh, concrete rumour. So we're going to talk about the uh, rumour Robert Downey Jr., Iron Man himself, uh, has apparently been heavily rumoured to be Grand Admiral Thrawn in the upcoming live-action Disney Plus series that he is clearly going to appear in. But also, we've finally got some news on an actual Kevin Feige's Star Wars movie as well, which I was thinking about uh, the, the week or so ago, thinking... We mentioned Ryan Johnson's, you know, trying to trilogy a lot, is it or isn't it? But Kevin Feige's kind of seemed to go under the radar, which is quite a big thing, seeing as he is quite a big deal in Hollywood. But um, yeah, recent MCU and Star Wars connections. So we've got a couple here, haven't we, dude? And uh, some, again, one may be slightly more substantial than the other. Yeah, absolutely, mate. But, you know, Robert Downey Jr., I mean, come on, ledge, absolute yeah. ledge. And really a Hollywood Cinderella story. Mm -hmm. I mean, right, this guy was kind of a a little bit of a mess, wasn't he, at one point in his life? He had his issues. He had his issues, bless him. You know, we all all have issues, don't we? But I think um, the way Robert Downey Jr. has become such a icon in in the last few years and really the past decade we're coming up to, or decades... Yeah, yeah, it's, it's about decade that, decade plus, yeah, man. Yeah, um, it really is incredible, and the way you know we live in a world, Matt, where Iron Man and Captain America are probably more popular than Superman, and that's crazy. That is that's crazy, and I don't want to like get into the whole comic book talk, but that is that is madness. But Robert Downey Jr. has really... I, I'm always impressed with him on screen. And I always think, man, this this guy 
I think he's pretty talented and but he is but he has become synonymous with Iron Man you know it'd be hard to see him in another role and be, think oh that guy from Iron Man obviously he was in Doolittle uh, recently kind of recently if you yeah. when was that like last year it was last year but I've done my very best to try and yeah. avoid talking about that yeah <laughs> but the guy the guy is what i'm trying to get at mate is the guy is obviously talented he is obviously a household name really in in hollywood nowadays um but there's been some rumors there's been some rumors robert downey jr is apparently apparently playing grand admiral thrawn in the mandalorian universe we're talking about in probably ahsoka Mm-hmm. And what what will lead up to this uh, this crossover event? Apparently, Robert Downey Downey Jr. is playing Thrawn. Um, when I saw this, Matt, yeah, when I saw this, I cringed a little bit. <laughs> I thought I thought to myself, "Nah, mate, nah, 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 no, no, hang on, no." Robert Downey Jr. just oozes. He oozes. The guy just lives and breathes just a, just a complete different character. Almost the opposite to what Thrawn is. Yeah. That's my initial reaction, Matty boy. What did you think? You you saw where where did you find this out? Like were you on Twitter or were you on yeah, well, just, just scrolling through the um pleasure haven that is Twitter. And I saw it, and it didn't. It didn't even get the the, the famous Hudson. No, that would be fine. It literally got. Uh, it got the sigh because it's just like, because I assumed it was somewhere like we got this covered. Had maybe dropped this, but no. It's various sources apparently have been reporting this, and what you said there is everything you said there is correct. Robert Downey Jr. is a fantastic actor, a multi Academy Award nominated actor, especially and one when he was a kid in Chaplin. He's very, very young. He's like five or something stupid like that. Um, and yeah, he's had his troubles, but he came back, uh, did great things and things like Tropic Thunder, which doesn't look quite so good now. Zodiac, he's great in that. And of course, MCU, Sherlock Holmes. But then when he dips his toe out of the MCU recently, the Sherlock Holmes films are fine. But then things like Doolittle, uh, and there was another one that's um, slipping my mind, they haven't been great, but it's not usually him, though Doolittle kind of was. Uh, it's a lot down to the writing, but... Listen, Robert, would I like to see him in Star Wars? Probably. But Grand Admiral Thrawn has this cold, calculating menace about him. Yeah. You know, he's he's very he's almost charming, which Robert Downey Jr. can be. Absolutely, he is. He's, he's just like a bundle of charisma. But there needs to be that presence, that fear factor that Thrawn has. Even in Rebels, when Thrawn's on screen, there is a there's a there's a presence there that, you know, this guy you, you should be fearful of this guy. So it's not to say that Robert Downey Jr. couldn't do that, because, you know, I'm sure he could do. But like you say, he's a very recognisable face. And there's also the, <laughs> there's also the issue I have is, uh, how are you going to not make someone look just a little bit daft with blue skin and red eyes? You ha- how are they? I'm more intrigued to how they're going to pull that off in live action. They've done Ahsoka, and that looked bomb diggity. But how are they going to do it with Grand Admiral Thrawn? And I don't know, but RDJ... A f- very good actor, fine actor, but yeah, I wasn't sold on the idea of him as Thrawn. I mean, there's other people I'd like to see as Thrawn, but 
Uh, Robert yeah. Downey Jr. isn't one of them. Yeah, well, I'm sure we'll get to that in a moment. Um, and yeah, I, I think you're right there. You know, for me, Matty boy, it felt like Robert Downey Jr. and Thrawn just seemed so different. Just seemed so different. And you know, that's not necessarily a bad thing. You know, not every actor can do every role. You know, it's just a given. It's not going to happen. Yeah. Now, Thrawn, to me, seems like, you know, in like World War II films, or just, you know, what we can imagine World War II to be, you know, you think of kind of like a very reserved, calculated war general. That is effectively what, what Thrawn is. Yeah. Now, now Robert Downey Jr., and the usually the character he's playing on on the screen is you know your cocky i think of like your cocky american uh airplane pilot you know that's kind of what i would think to customers you know if if you had to be in the star wars universe and to be honest mate i always think i always think star wars thrives when it has relatively unknown actors mm-hmm you know, portraying these characters. And I always thought that with the sequel trilogy, you know, no one knew who Daisy Ridley was. No one, and I knew who John Boyega was, but that's just because of Attack of the Block. Attack the Block. Like, that's the, that's yeah. the only reason why I knew who he was, right? Now, most American people probably haven't seen that film. You know, it's a, it's a very British film. Um now robert downey jr seeing this face that's so recognizable and so iconic with iron man i can't help but feel when you're when someone's that big it would almost create may boy almost create brand confusion mm-hmm. do you know what i mean like kids would look at that and be like oh it's iron man he's a blue guy <laughs> maybe <laughs> Maybe. I just don't see it. Now, Matty Boy, we're talking about, you know, um, Robert Downey Jr. And he is, of course, he is so talented. Um, And I I, I love him as Iron Man. Grand Admiral Thrawn, it doesn't sound like you're a fan, doesn't sound like I'm a fan. Um, (laughs) Do do you have any people in mind for a Thrawn uh, position? Like, what actors are you thinking of? A thrawn position. Yeah. Um, just to clarify, as well, he wasn't five when he was in Chaplin. He's, he made his de- acting debut was at the age of five, and when he, he was about thirty when he did Chaplin. But so he's been acting since he was five. So he's been acting for four, four, five decades now, which is unreal to say. Um, I think the best per- uh, the person I would have picked to play Thor- Thrawn has already. Uh, we can't do it now because they've been in the galaxy and they were blown out of a command ship. But I would have picked Richard E. Grant. Mm. as Grand Admiral Thrawn. He would have been my Thrawn. Whether he would have done the blue makeup, I don't know. Um, of course, the, uh, we've got Lars Mikkelsen, uh, but I'm sure we'll mention him. Uh, John Hamm, I know a, f- a few of our listeners have mentioned him, but I think John Hamm has got the... Uh, he's definitely got the chops to pull it off. But to me, actually, in all, in all uh, seriousness, this isn't dodging the question, I'd like somebody to come in who is kind of under the radar somewhat. Yeah. Someone that either is is like a Daisy Ridley and wasn't, you know, wasn't a prominent actor actress. So when when Thrawn comes on, we're not blinded like, like you know, John Hamm looks weird in blue, or Richard E. Grant looks strained with red eyes. Someone we don't know before because it'd be easy to get one of the Scarsgard boys to do it because they have a an, like an ethereal um, 
menacing presence just to them. But Mm. honestly, I would rather have an unknown. And I know that sounds like sitting on the fence somewhat, but to me, then I would be able to think, right, what are we going to get from this? Not, I know what this actor can bring to the game because I've seen him in, you know, five films in the last few years, but somebody with somebody who I'm not entirely sure about simply because I just don't know who they are. But uh, Richard E. Grant would have been my first choice, but otherwise an unknown mate. But what about you? Yeah. To be honest, mate, I I can only think of unknown actors and the people that I can think of. Um, I, I almost think they're too famous. Do you know what I mean? It, it, yeah. It's just like, I can't help but feel like that wouldn't work. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if it's someone that we'd know and be like, oh yeah, no, that's a nice little fit. You know, when it, when this happens, because this was mentioned in the Mandalorian season two, which I still can't believe people. Can you believe that, mate, boy? Can you believe that? Where is Grand Admiral Thrawn? That's so good. Just absolutely, mate. Oh, mate, yeah. So but, <laughs> there we go. A little belated. I just more menacing than me. Little, little uh, belated. So good. Um, mate, do you know what, though? Um, one thing I will say, I feel like we can't forget because I feel like people are forgetting. We can't forget that in Star Wars Celebration, Chicago, 2019, <laughs> Thrawn yeah. was our boy, Piers Brosnan. <laughs> <laughs> there, was, there was a photoshopped Piers Brosnan. I'm sure it was Piers Brosnan. It looked an awful lot like Piers Brosnan. It, I mean, come on. What Would you have Piers Brosnan as Thrawn? Serious so, question. Um, okay. <laughs> I think he he would absolutely look the part. Under, I, see, I, he's the one person, and maybe it's because of that celebration uh, mural, but I can picture him with the blue skin. And he's been, he's been busy. I mean, he's been working in um, film. It's not like he's gone off the radar. I... And he's got potentially got the voice. If he could just take away some of the Irish twang and have a more neutral voice, I, I, I wouldn't. If, if Piers Brosnan was announced, I wouldn't have any issue with it. Hang on, Piers Brosnan is Irish. Yes, he's an Irish lad. No way. He's very much an Irish boy. He is. What? I didn't yeah. know that. I thought he was British. I thought no. he was. I thought he was English. To be precise, Mm-mm. mate. What? Shaken. Not stirred. What an absolute gangster. All right, fair enough. Yeah, seriously, though, that is that is kind of who I think of now as, as Thrawn. <laughs> I know. Which is funny. It's just from that point. Do you know what? I might even tweet that now on Twitter. Be like, guys, are we forgetting? They've already cast Thrawn, you know? Yeah, we'll just put it as a scoop. Yeah. And also, yeah. um, Lars Mikkelsen played him in, in Rebels, and there's also that shout. And if Lars Mikkelsen got the role, uh, Lars Dittman Mikkelsen, I'm all for that because he's got a decent resume, a very decent resume behind him as well. Yeah, yeah. I, and he's know, I'm. I, I'd just rather it not be someone like Robert Downey Jr. I think that'd be crazy. And, and I don't know if, again, I'm not sure if he'd take the role or not. I know no one's above, you know, some. I don't know. Maybe they are. I don't know. I don't want to put. Well, he wanted to step away from the MCU because obviously he'd been there for so long, and I imagine probably to try his hand at a different type of film. Now, maybe not quite as something as bombastic, but Doolittle was an unabashed disaster. So maybe if somebody said, you want to come and play Thrawn for three episodes, he may probably say yes, but... Yeah, that's it, mate. That's it. I think, I think 
to be honest, I think that puts it to bed. Let's see what happens. I doubt it. And this is the annoying thing is that a little bit of information like this, you know, people jump on it on YouTube and they almost do treat it as gospel. Hey, they are like, yeah, this is happening, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, going to get those clicks. I don't know. I don't. And there's some irony to this because we're talking about it because it gains so much traction. But it's always interesting to have news like this, but I can't see it happening, mate. I really can't. And I'd be surprised if he was cast. I, I really would be surprised. And I'd be a little bit a little bit worried about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's um, it's sensationalist. It's mo- most certainly complete clickbait. But, hey, there is always some fun in clickbait sometimes. And it's fun to speculate because it gets us onto the wider picture of actually who would we rather have play Thrawn or who's a better fit potentially for Thrawn but Lucasfilm knowing them have got a few aces up their sleeve which will potentially knock us all blind so um, yeah I agree mate fun bit of news there but some more confirmed news we've got like I mentioned up top is um, apparently Loki executive producer Michael Waldron and uh, of Rick and Morty fame as well he's tapped up now to write Kevin Feige's Star Wars movie Um, Michael Waldron is also going to be taking on some more uh, work within the Marvel Disney Plus stable as well. He's writing the Doctor Strange sequel, so he's a man who's got some uh, clout behind him. But Kevin Feige, probably one, probably the greatest producer in Hollywood out there right now and for the last decade, has picked this dude to be his writer of his Star Wars mm. film. So um, you're a Rick and Morty fan as well. I know he. Needs, I think I think he directed one episode. I know he's produced some episodes. So yeah, um, it's nice to have some uh news about this though isn't there yeah absolutely mate um it's great because this was one of the things that stood out to me that that wasn't mentioned in the disney shareholder call you know i was like man it was where's boba fett and where's the kevin feige thing and a whole nother conversation about the ryan ryan johnson trilogy yep hold that thought guys and save it for a couple weeks time it's coming Um, one day Kevin Feige, yeah, I was like, man, you know, Star Wars is really getting a reputation for announcing these projects and then, like, never following through with them, you know? Um, Which is just, it's all a bit weird, isn't it? You know, that is a bit odd. Um, But no, to have some news about the Kevin Feige film, I think is absolutely fantastic. And it's actually... It sparks my imagination a little bit of where this could be going, especially with uh, this writer um, who who you mentioned, Michael Waldron. Um, Yes, mate, he's written one episode of Rick and Morty, and he's produced a load of others. You know what? He's actually got quite a decent-looking little CV. Mm -hmm. He's been working on the Loki uh, TV series, um, and he's been working just a lot with with the uh, MCU. I think he has uh, something to do with um, the Doctor Strange uh, film, the next Doctor Strange film too. So he must impress Kevin Feige, right? Because Kevin Feige, president of Marvel Studios, he's a big deal. He's a big deal. And and what he's done and what he's, you know, dare I say, orchestrated is so impressive. So impressive. Uh, You've got to give him credit, mate. You really do have to give him credit. And so when it comes to choices like this, Matty boy, I've got to trust him. I've got to trust him. There's no reason for me not to. Listen, Marvel 
isn't my favorite cinematic universe. Obviously, there's a lot about Marvel that does frustrate me a little bit. But, you know, the Infinity Endgame, you know, story, that whole saga leading up to that thing, uh, some other Marvel films, it you, you can't help but look at it and go, that's pretty cool. That's pretty impressive. I don't think that format and formula suits Star Wars. In fact, Matty Boy, you and I know it doesn't. Kathleen Kennedy now knows it doesn't. But Kevin Feige, he, Matty Boy, is a Star Wars geek. And I think he is putting a lot of effort into this film. And hopefully we get something special. For me, mate, this is, this is a good move. This is a good move. But it feels like some people forgot this was happening. I don't know if that's just me, but... Um, well, I thought I thought about it the other week, possibly because we spent the last few weeks talking about, uh, obviously, what happened in 2020, what we've got coming in 2021 and beyond. And we've mentioned the RJ trilogy, but we never really mentioned the Kevin Feige one. Uh, the Taika one was thrown in as well. And it kind of thought uh, as a fleeting thought the other week. And then to get this news was pretty cool. Um, and like you say, the guy's got a decent resume. Uh, the, the Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness deals with time travel. Loki is going to deal with time travel. And I believe his episode of Rick and Morty dealt with some sort of time travel or time bending thing. So um, I'm certainly hoping that that's not his speciality is it kind of time travel and multiverses. Because if so, oh boy. But in, um, in terms of Kevin Feige, mate. Kevin Feige's got to go down as one of the great producers of all time for what he's done with the MCU. Not only has he given us the biggest film of all time, Ian Avengers Endgame, he's played the long game over a decade's worth of planning of films, getting the best, the A-list stars or turning them into A-list stars, cramming them full of, into his films, plus some of the old guard, Robert Redford, Michael Douglas, people queue up to star in these films. Um, and I don't blame him. It's probably a good paycheck as well. So have, having Kevin Feige's experience on board, firstly, is just exciting. I don't think, I mean, I've seen a lot of people saying, well, maybe he's also going to set something up for future Star Wars projects. I don't necessarily believe, just because he's done it with the MCU, it doesn't make me think, well, he's been brought in just so he can um, start up a new cinematic universe or start connecting threads. Like you said, the guy is a massive, massive, massive Star Wars uh, geek. Uh, so that is what excites me the most. The fact that firstly, he, he knows how to produce big blockbuster crowd pleasing films, formulaic at times, but they make bunts and they get bums on seats. Right. Put it with somebody like Michael Waldron, who I don't want to say is up and coming per se. He's been in the game for seven, eight years now, but he's starting to make a reputation for himself now with a clean slate of Star Wars stories. Mate, I'm, I'm, I'm excited for where this could be going. It's exciting, mate. It is exciting. You know, you've got the, uh, like you said, at the at the moment, he's the biggest film uh, studio producer in, in, the, in the world, right? And he's out here making a Star Wars film because of purely his love for Star Wars. Um, mate, I, I, I think that's quite special. I do think that's quite special. I'm really interested to see what it comes out with. Now, um, a little thought I've had is that we now know, right? We now know that there are three Star Wars films in production. You've got Rogue Squadron being helmed by Patty Jenkins. 
you've got Taika Waititi's film, which a lot of speculation uh, from people, including myself, leads us to believe that it, it could be set like prehistoric Jedi era. We're talking Dawn of the Jedi, that kind of thing. That's exciting, now, potentially. Well, there we go. It, it could be. It could be incredibly special and incredibly different. That's what we're being told, right? And then you've got Kevin Feige making a film. Now, Matty Boy, here's the thing. What if they're actually connected, these three films? What if this is, I don't, I don't, I don't want to say trilogy, because this doesn't, this doesn't shout saga to me, especially the fact that the, the, the first film we're probably going to get is Rogue Squadron, mm-hmm. right? Unless, here's another thought. Sorry, I'm going off on one. I'm going to have to no, ask, answer two questions. Rogue Squadron could be our third and final for the time being uh, anthology film. So you have the Star Wars story trilogy. Rogue One, Solo, Rogue Squadron. Imagine that. That might be pretty filth. Pretty, pretty filth. But yeah, what are you thinking, mate? Do you think they're connected at all? There is every chance that they could be. Um, again, now now it's easy. we can sit here and say probably until we get more about this type of film and like you say the the font that he just the typeface that he chose for that um star wars graphic of his with the title makes us think yeah that this could be the the very early days of the jedi which would be exciting and rogue squadron is potentially so from what we're understanding is going to be set post the rise of skywalker per i think it's a variety interview last week so when it's all about when this is going to be um, when it's going to be set. That's not to say that we can't have three films connected spanning a thousand years. I mean, they'd have to find very good ways to do it, but <laughs> there's no reason why it can't do. Had, if Patty Jenkins was in the M- yeah, <laughs> he's the key to all this. Uh, if Patty Jenkins was an MCU director, I'd say absolutely. Um, but Patty Jenkins is, regardless of Wonder Woman eighty four not being to me very good, she's a very good director. So having that kind of talent together collaborating wouldn't be a bad thing whatsoever but so for now i'm loath to say that it is definitely connected but i certainly can't see why i can certainly see the argument why they why they would be because as far as we know kevin tyker and patty's films are one and done this is your film done thank you there's your check there you go kevin there's your check they may set up stories going forward but i can't see um like a rogue squadron trilogy or a feige trilogy i just don't I don't know yet. Again, we don't know enough about them, but if 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 it was cool, it depends. If if that would just be a trilogy of connected stories, or they'd what, ha- or they'd have more to say in future films. But I wouldn't. Again, I wouldn't be adverse to the idea. But it's all about when this Kevin Feige film is set, and I have no idea. You said quite rightly, and Kevin himself has said, as I, as if I know, Mister Feige has said he's a big Star Wars fan. So naturally, my thoughts go to i it will be set within the period between um revenge of the sith and return of the jedi i don't know when everyone says they're a big star wars fan and kevin feige is of the age to have seen the original sin cinema my mind goes that it's going to be set in that time i hope it isn't right i hope it isn't because i want something new and fresh if it's i i I mean we're getting a high republic tv series so I about to say that's kind of being covered. I generally have no idea what's going to be set. If you ask me right now to choose, I, I want it set between Jedi and Force Awakens. But where do you reckon it could be set? 
I think it's going to be new territory, and I think mm-hmm. it's going to be post Rise of Skywalker. Ooh. I think Kevin's been given uh, Kevin Feige, Mister Feige. Sorry, <laughs> like, I know him, Kevin. <laughs> Down the pub. <laughs> Down the pub. <laughs> yeah, he loves it. He loves a drink. Definitely on Kevin. Here we go, Kev. There's 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 a pint of pride for you, mate. Um, there's a Foster's Foster's on. Do you know what? Do you know what? Kevin Feige would love a pub session. He'd love a Star Wars session. That's what Kevin would love. I'm telling right. you. At Kev Feige on Twitter. Everyone, tweet him. Pub session. Let's do it. Do you know what, mate? When I, th- when I look back at the last few films, Star Wars films, that is, um, the standout ones to me are the ones where the directors and the creators and the producers really have a strong affinity to Star Wars. They get Star Wars. It meant a lot to them as as uh, children, as teenagers, as adults. You know, they adore it. It's almost sacred to them, you know. Um, and now I look back, and I'm not sure if J.J. Abrams is that, you know. I'm, and I'm sure he's a massive Star Wars fan. I'm sure he is. I'm sure he is. But as a teenager... Was he still into Star Wars or was he like doing loads of other stuff? Do you know what I mean? Was he a bit too cool for that? Was he was he like, no, I'm into more, uh, you know, grown up films. You, you hear what I'm trying to say? You know, when you look at that would be John Favreau. He said he, right. he reveres DOT, but his style. And again, this, I don't mean to open up a can of worms. Listeners, please don't at me. But his his Mandalorian series feels a bit different to the JJ film. So The Force Awakens was a special, special movie. The Mandalorian feels different to The Rise of Skywalker. I'm not comparing to do. Don't tell me I am anyone. Well, but they're, both, but they're both cut from the same era, if that yeah. makes any sense. Yeah. You're, no, you're, you're right, of course. But they, they just, it feels like with The Mandalorian, it's a given. You're like, yeah, that's the same universe. It's, I, and I don't believe it is just because of the era and the tonality, which I think John Favreau is very talented at anyway i think john favreau is very good at that anyway but i mean let's even look at gareth edwards yeah gareth edwards is a star wars geek he's a star wars geek there were problems and there were issues with the rogue one production but lo and behold we've got a crowd pleaser of a film rogue one is one of the most successful and biggest star wars films ever in terms of what the fans think of it the relationship between the 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 item the property rogue one and the people it's intended for you know it's very healthy and when i look at the sequel trilogy directors i'm you know they they're clever in their own right they're geniuses in their own right and they're exceptional at lots of different things but i don't get this vibe that you know do they live and breathe this do they actually do they actually get this now matty boy i i after hearing this news and you know kind of kevin feige getting back into to star wars gossip um i went back and i i i, I listened and watched a few interviews and it's clear. It is so clear. Kevin Feige adores Star Wars. He mm. loves Star Wars. He loves Star Wars more than Marvel. Mm-hmm. No, that's his own words, isn't it? That's his own words. He adores Star Wars. Clearly, clearly. I think the guy is intelligent enough 
to see what is appropriate for one and appropriate for for the other. Yeah. But um, that makes me really confident, especially you said it first, mate, after seeing The Mandalorian with Dave Filoni and John Favreau. These guys get Star Wars so well, so well. And again, I'm not discrediting The Last Jedi. I'm not discrediting Rise of Skywalker, Force Awakens. I love those films for what they are. And I love huge parts of that film. Force Awakens, I think, is exceptional. But uh, do you know what I mean? No, no, I, I know exactly. I know exactly what we're getting at, man. It's, it's it, like I say, it's the tonality of it. Um, I agree for the most part. There's a couple of caveats for that. Rogue One is the best Star Wars film of all time. Um, do at me, but a lot of that has to be credited to Tony Gilroy, who came on to rewrite the, rewrite the film, and he famously has no interest whatsoever in Star Wars. So he's just coming at it as in as as George. I just, I just want to make a picture. Jo- uh, Tony Gilroy just wanted to make a good film. He didn't care about Star Wars. Um, and the Last Jedi, Ryan. I think Ryan Johnson is a super fan. He 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 pays reverence to the OT, but he's also many times on socials. He he sticks up for the prequels and talks a lot about their philosophies and the deeper meanings of the prequels. So he that's true. He gets no, you're it, right. but but at the same time, he's he's and I love the Last Jedi and his his style of directing is you know it didn't work for some fair dues. Uh, I was very excited when they announced Ryan Johnson because first and foremost he's a very good director um but no i know what you mean though it's it's about getting you've got to get the feeling right and that also opens a question is when does star wars move away from you know quote unquote that feeling but this you've got to retain something yeah. i mean even i mean for those who have read the light of the jedi i'm going to get it to luke everybody i've seen has read it for the 99 percent of people really dig this book and they say it feels it feels different which is exactly what i said it's star wars but it feels new. And that's exactly what we want. Do you know what I mean? That's that's what I mm. want from Kevin Feige or Taika or Rogue Squadron or whatever. I want Star Wars, but I want it to feel new. I want it to feel like I don't know what's going to happen or um, we can go into a cantina or, or, or a homestead and not get blue milk or something like that. But, but, but it fundamentally still feels like Star Wars. So, mm. But having, but it absolutely does not, does not hurt having such a massive, massive super fan on board look at look at uh, Dave Filoni the like George Lucas light he's clearly knows his stuff but also he's a massive fan and look at the stuff he's dropping in the mando for the casual fans the hardcore fans is something for everyone kevin feige knows his stuff he seems like the kind of guy again can't be sure who will tap into the story group and be like right we're writing a story we've got michael on board i want you to go and talk to these guys in the story group tell them your story because in the end of the day, Michael and Kevin and whoever they get to direct this are going to be, they live or die by this. But I believe they will get the story group in because they, because Kevin has shown that he knows what, it, he's got what it takes to craft a story. Whether or not people like the MCU or like I know you said, it's not your favorite, it's not my favorite either. But I, but you know, he knows how to craft a story. Yes. Even, even like the films themselves can be viewed as one-offs or as one larger story. So um, I believe that they will utilize a story group and, the tools at the hand because Kevin knows as a producer of the biggest franchise in the world, I mean, Kevin knows how important it is to hit a home run. He knows how important star Wars is for himself, but to the fans. So he he's coming in with that pressure and that expectation, but he, but he, I, I believe he thrives off that again. This man's given us some of the biggest films of all time. I don't think he's going to be overawed by this whatsoever. So whatever it gives us, 
I'm sure it will be certainly interesting. But the more I'm talking about it, the more I'm hearing you talking about it, mate. I'm getting more and more excited by this. Oh, mate. It, it does... Uh... It does come down to a special word, though, I think. You know, it does come down to that Kevin Feige, spicy, Marvel-tastic filth of execution. Yeah. Drink that beer, my boy. Here we go. Don't spill it. Don't spill it. What are you drinking anyway, by the way? Oh, it's a Stormtrooper, wasn't it? Yeah, you've mentioned it. It's an original. And do you know what? They were right as well. Yeah, they're they're good stuff, mate. (laughs) It is all right. Yeah, they're good stuff. Um, Mate. I'm so excited for the Thrawn stuff. I'm excited beyond belief with the Feige stuff and really just the future of Star Wars. You know, I was just a few months ago, I was thinking, is there actually going to be a cinematic future for Star Wars? You know, we're we're living in very uncertain times, but it seems like, you know, the Star Wars old spice train, the naughty spice train, it's... uh, it's a Lucasfilm, and they are going full steam ahead with these films. So I'm excited for that, mate. I'm excited for that. Focusing on this 10th anniversary, and I'll tell you a secret, we have a cool logo. It says Marvel Studios, the first 10 years. That was directly ripped off of my very positive memories of 1987 and Star Wars, the first 10 years. It wasn't much. Entering the dark times, as the collectors call it, when there wasn't a whole lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. Vendums came up, and I remember thinking, well, a Star Wars figure on a shelf. Vendums are not great, but we were desperate <laughs> in, the dark, in the dark times. But Lucasfilm acknowledged the 10th anniversary. You cite as sort of an influence for you a book that's very important to a lot of people, which is the source book for the Star Wars tabletop game. Absolutely. I was never a big roleplay gamer, but when that came out, I was the kid that kept playing with Star Wars toys a little longer than the other kids did. (laughs) Same. So I was 10 years old when Jedi came out, had all those. The Power of the Force line came out in 85, so there hadn't been a Star Wars movie in a couple of years. And as you know, that's when Kenner stopped making The Power of the Force line was the last line they did. I got all those. And I was like, what, where's everybody going? Yeah. <laughs> we no, can, I, still I got Star a Star Wars. I have a Starlight pit in my backyard. <laughs> where, where's, where, where's everybody going? And I think it was around that time, probably in 85, that the West End Games came out. And I read it cover to cover, and it was a wealth of new information. And one of the great things about Star Wars, and one of the things I think that's great about the Marvel characters from the comics and what we try to emulate in the movies, is if you're the kind of person who wants to go see it on opening weekend, our job is to make sure you have a great time. If you want to see it a second time, our job is to make sure there's more there. Third, fourth, fifth time, still more there. And even the deeper you go, there'll be things to reward you. And I learned that directly from Star Wars and from those West End source books. Yeah. Reading about the real names of all the Cantina characters. I didn't know they had names. This is unbelievable. And then when the Power of the Force 2 line came out in 95, learning more names and more backstories. Hammerhead has a real name. Walrus Man has a real name. Right. And a real backstory and real history. I was the kid that kept playing with Star Wars toys maybe a little longer than the other kids did. <laughs> This is Guy Henry, known for playing Grand Moff Tarkin in Rogue One, and you're listening to Star Wars Sessions, probably Britain's greatest Star Wars podcast. Right, so from Feige, we go directly to having a cheeky Bly PA, and the band Tina is over there. Shall we, shall we my friend, shall we enter? Oh, let's do it. <laughs> For those new to the show, hello. For those not new to the show, hello. Each week in the Bantina, we sit down with you guys, the greatest listeners in the galaxy, and we have a couple of 
Kef Biz, and we want to get your thoughts on our main discussion. Uh, in this case, we've got two, obviously. We've got um, the Robert Downey Jr. as Thrawn, and we've got the Kevin Feige uh, situation. So we wanted to know, basically, were you interested in seeing Robert Downey Jr.? And uh, if not, who would you rather have him have play him? Also, were you intrigued for Kevin Feige's project? That's right. We took it to Instagram to settle it. We asked whether you wanted to see Robert Downey Jr. as Thrawn. 31% of you said yes. You were up for seeing RDJ as Thrawn, leaving 69% of you saying no. You don't want to see Iron Man in the Star Wars universe. Now, we also asked you guys how intrigued you were for Kevin Feige's Star Wars project. And it was around 80% of you guys being well up for it. Thumbs up, pints, let's go down the pub. Yep, a couple of pints on Kevin. So uh, we I wanted to know what you guys thought as well from written and voice messages. And straight up, the majority of people were against the idea of Robert Downey Jr. as Thrawn. Nobody like vehemently against it, but a lot of people just like, nah, let's, I'm sure there's someone else. But a lot of you guys gave ideas as to who could play Thrawn in live action. And we also got some comments on the Feige Project 2, which is where we're going to lead off. Absolutely, Matty Boy. And to start us off in this spicy bit of the cantina is our boy, Eve Evangel, with a cheeky voice message straight from Malta. Let's hear it. <laughs> I understand that I'm in the minority with this, but I don't think um, bringing in someone from the MCU is like a good idea because for me, it's a very different thing. Um, Star Wars is not about the, you know, explosions and superhero landings and, and, and all that. Um, you know, Ray got a lot of flack for being a Mary Sue. And then if you try to watch Captain Marvel, it's like, mm, okay. Um, so um, it might, I might be wrong. I would have said the same about John Favreau because he did Iron Man and all that, and he proved that he kind of understands Star Wars. And on the off chance that I'm sounding like a gatekeeper here, but you need to kind of understand what Star Wars is about. And, and the Mandalorian has proven anything is there is a way to do it properly um, that kind of satisfies almost all the fans. And at the same time, there's a way not to do it. If I look at the Marvel movies, and I would imagine it's a Star Wars movie, it would not work for me that way. But who knows, he might be a big Star Wars old-school fan at heart and might get it. But my first reaction, um, reading that someone coming from the MCU or someone who has been done that before, um, and maybe, you know, merging the ideas and making uh, Star Wars now a kind of a, a copy, like a carbon copy of the MCU, um, I'm alarmed at first, um, and I'm, uh, I have a bad feeling about this, to be honest. But, I mean, it can go either way. But I'm really not super excited right away without knowing more. Eve, going in there. Thank you for sending that in, mate. And you know what? I think you, uh, I think I totally understand your feelings there, mate. Especially the differences between Star Wars and Marvel. Yes, mate, thank you for sending in that voice message, and I do like a bit of Malta, so thank you for that, mate. Uh, moving on to the written uh, responses. Uh, in terms of Thrawn, Norhal Quayla, Dan Hales, Sean, Andrew Brewing, they'd all prefer Lars Mikkelsen, uh, as would Johnny Olaf, who also threw Rufus Saul's name into the ring, which is a good shout. Larissa added John Ham, shout out, 
and our boy Isaac Pevy, Isaac, and uh, Jim Mundy Gill. You know what? They thought Benedict Cumberbatch would be a good fit. Mm. A MCU oh, connection. The old uh, Cumberbatch is coming in hot. Yes, exactly. Another MCU connection. Uh, Chris Chappelle went for Michael F. Fassbender, uh, as did Ty Pan who also added Michael Shannon's name in. Ooh, spicy. Andrew Leyland thinks that Jason Isaacs uh, is better suited. And Pete Hitman Hart chose Nick Cage. Naughty boy, Pete. Um, Regarding Feige, Twin Suns Collecting said they're very hopeful. The man backed the sail barge Haslab allegedly multiple times, according to the Russo brothers. So he clearly loves Star Wars. Uh, Dan Hales went on to say he's definitely looking forward to seeing what Kevin has up his sleeve and hopes that the writer is good. It means I'll be watching Loki with a keen eye, mm. uh, as will I, which I wasn't interested in it, but I'm going to check it out just to see what the writer's all about. Whereas uh, Ebon Hawk podcast said, unless it's the High Republic, I don't want Marvel and Star Wars mixing. And a Galaxy Fool said, I only want one thing, Old Republic. Oh, that's a naughty one. That is a naughty one. Great messages there, Matty boy. And to uh, finish off this part of the Spicy Bantina is our boy. He's a legend. He's royalty. It's the King of Wales. It's Luke Summerfield. Let's hear it. Hey, all you sessioners. I really don't want my Star Wars being milked like a phallus island on Actos. Um, I think Robert Downey Jr. is too much of a, a big name to play in Throne. Even though he does quite a decent English accent when he plays Sherlock Holmes, I just really don't want to see him as like a main protagonist in a Star Wars. Um, as for Kevin Feige, I think he'll do a decent job, but I really don't need my Star Wars Marvel that even though I love Marvel. Take it easy, guys. Thanks for everything. And may the force be with you all. Ojaba, indeed. Uh, mixing of Star Wars and Marvels, it's a no-no. It's a no-no from Big Boy Summerfield. What are you saying, Matty Boy? No, mate. Summerfield's coming out like Mayfield. Two guns blazing like a clone trooper there. Um, interesting to hear, mate. Interesting to hear that, um, you know, the idea of Feige coming on board could lead people to believe that a marvelization could be happening. But there's also a lot of people, on the other hand, who would look at Marvel's success and be like, yep, it works for me. Look, the guy's got a proven record. So it, time will tell whether it's a one-and-done or whether Kevin will have any more of a lasting imp- impact on the franchise. But um, totally dig your words there, Luke, and thank you for sending in that voice message. Uh, we had a lot more, a lot more that we couldn't get through today or else we'd be in the Bantina till way past last orders. But as mentioned at the top, a lot of people weren't keen on the idea of RDJ. So you watch Lucasfilm drop that news hours before we drop this podcast. But uh, to everyone who sent the messages and voice messaging, thank you. Please do keep sending them in and we'll aim uh, to get you featured on a future edition of the Bantina. Podcast you've ever heard. Star Wars sessions on the mic is quite absurd. Got a Patreon now with lots of tears. From two dollars a month is all it is. Best podcast. 
right people from as little as two dollars a month for less than a cup of coffee at a coffee shop you can listen to amazing content extra shows from both matt and i and a cheeky podcast honestly this is the deal of the century nice spicy tidy patreon.com forward slash star wars sessions the best podcast you've ever heard Star Wars Sessions on the mic is quite absurd Got a Patreon now with lots of tears From $2 a month is all it is Best podcast Best podcast Best podcast Best podcast <laughs> That's right that is right. It is just so good. Um, and do you know what is so good? Our Patreon. It is really popping. We got so much content on there. And if you sign up to our Patreon on uh, which tier is it, mate boy? It's not the Hello There tier, is it? It's the. Um, is it This Is Where the Fun Begins? I think it's This Is Where the Fun Begins. Well, our Patreon is uh, Revenge of the Sith themed, which. I do say on this podcast quite a lot because I'm so proud of it. Accidentally, so, wasn't it? Or was it on purpose? No, we did it consciously. Like we were gonna, we were gonna give it different names. We definitely knew that "Hello There" was going to be the entry level. We were going to have "This Is Where the Fun Begins," uh, but I think I am the Senate. It basically was like, do you know what? We should make this "Revenge of the Sith" thing. I remember now. Yeah. I remember now. Remember that? It, was in your, it was in your gaff, mate. We were deciding. It was in my. It was in Shay Hud in 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 Hudman in Jabba Manor, Jabba's palace. Oh, I missed a trick there. Yes, on my old sofa. Thank goodness I got a new one. We came up with the idea. Now I, I do remember now because literally everyone and yeah, we we've got a three thousand dollar tier, which is a bit of a laugh really. But it's on there if you want to sign up to listen, it. Listen, that is another happy landing. Listen, if <laughs> exactly if if you are some rich person and you love the sessions. Sign up for the, another, another happy landing. $3,000, yeah? And we will come and meet you at any pub in the world. And we'll record a show. Record the main episode of you. It, it could be in Plymouth. Or it, it could be in Vancouver. I don't know. Mate, in my head, someone from Auckland's going to call me over. And at the same time, I'm going to go to Hobbiton. But it could just be likely someone from Woking. Like, oh, I'm just going home. I'd Thanks. do that. But I'd to be fair, though, mate, just, any support is good support, and I, any, don't, I don't care where it comes from. Any support, indeed, is good support, mate. Uh, no, you're right. It is the This Is Where The Fun Begins tier. Uh, so from $3 a month, you're guaranteed a question on the show. Uh, let's let's read them out, matey boy. So we got we got two questions uh, for this week's show. First one is from our boy, Scott Fisher. He's got a spicy one, Matty Boy. It says, uh, this relates to the upcoming Bad Batch series and the original Star Wars Battlefront 2 game back in 2005. Do you think we could get potentially, or do you think we could potentially see the Camino clone rebellion from the Battlefront 2 game rewritten into Star Wars canon, seeing it through the eyes of the Bad Batch? Or perhaps we could see another reason that the newly founded Empire kept off record as to why the clones were phased out what are your guys thoughts on this may boy over to you mate 
This, honestly, the, the source on this question is unreal. Yeah. Scott is the Essex clone. Um, he's a fantastic clone. I'm not say cosplayer because he's the real deal. This is a fantastic question because for those who don't know, the Camino clone rebellion was basically, in a very small nutshell, the Empire sending a um, the 501st, I believe, or at least a, a battalion headed up by Boba, Boba Fett to Camino to basically eradicate all all of the clones there who had actually, you know, they, they, they've been programmed to fight back now against the Empire. So they wanted to wipe out the clones once and for all. Therefore, that's why the clones weren't around, blah, blah, blah. In terms of the Bad Batch, mate, this is this is this could be interesting because a lot of people have said, you know, do the Bad Batch become Scar Squadron from the comics? I mean, they certainly look a bit like them, but I'm not entirely sure that that would be fun. But um, in terms of like body size, they look the same. But do you know what? Uh, this could be quite a good idea, or at least to have some kind of remnant of it brought it back into canon because we all know why the clones weren't around. They were phased out. They have accelerated growth and. You know, some of them went to work in diners. But it would be interesting to see that some of them... Because remember, Rex, Wolf and uh, Gregor were on that weird planet in Rebels. I mean, how did they get their chips out? Why are they hiding, basically, essentially? Were they part of the part of this uh, uprising that failed, ultimately? So the clones were wiped out and they're like the, the, the final ones. So they, like the Jedi, have gone into hiding. So it's like, Atlantic. like the clones mm. have had to go into hiding after their own purge. I don't know, mate. There's a lot here that could be mined for some sweet cannon. And the Bad Batch looks like it could be the place to do it. Whether they focus an entire series around it, I don't know, but an arc would be quite nice. As soon as I read this, I was like, this this could be filth. And if the Bad Batch went down this way, my intrigue would go from, you no know, 60% much higher. But uh, what about you, big boy? Mate, like you said, this question, mate, I'm pretty sure the alarms in my room are going off. The smoke alarms, just from the flamage, the pure and utter flamage coming from this bad boy question. Scott has delivered. Uh, Scott, I remember playing that mission in 2005 when when it came out. Uh, I had Battlefront 2, the original 2005 one, on the PS2, and I remember I remember playing that and thinking, "Man, that makes so much sense," and that explains. That that explains so much to me because as a kid I was always confused as to like I I, I just took the, the 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 clones were stormtroopers and that they just got different armor and therefore they just became stormtroopers you know you know I was a kid but I just it it was almost a bit complicated and funnily enough. There was an adult I went to the cinema with. An adult I went to the cinema with. That sounds crazy. <laughs> random geezer I went to the cinema with. There is this unidentified adult I went to the pictures with. <laughs> and we went to see The Force Awakens, right? So I was an adult as well. And uh, he said, oh, I don't get... He didn't understand why Finn yeah. didn't look like Tamara Morrison. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Figure that one out figure that one out and but you know granted he's not really a big he grew up with star wars but he's not like super into it and you know he's getting on a little bit so give him the benefit of the doubt but still um i I thought that video game game did such a good job of showing us what actually happened and explained to me as a kid oh that makes so much sense um and that's why the voices are completely different from the stormtroopers to the clones and Anyway, Bad Batch. It's questions like this, Scott, 
they get me so much more pumped for Bad Batch, and I'm getting more and more excited for it as the weeks go by. I would love to see some sort of clone rebellion. I would absolutely adore it. Um, and to see them just get phased out and left on the side of, on the, side of the road, mate, I, I think that is potentially some really, really good storytelling, really special storytelling. I'm looking forward to it. Um, I, it my answer to this, Scott, is yes. But I have to admit, I didn't think about it until I saw your very original question, Scott. Well done, mate. Really impressed with that one. And I think, uh, I think I'm with you, mate. Yep, and if they really want to be cheeky and tie it into the Floniverse, we know that the Queen of the Underworld, Fennec Shan's in it. Boba Fett led the uprising against Kamino. Not saying the two have to meet, but you know, sharing that universe once again could be interesting. Whether Boba will be have anything to do with this um, is another story, but that could be another fun little twist where they either work together, work against each other, and then end up, you know, sitting on the throne in Jabba's palace. They could work that in somehow, knowing those guys. But um, nice one. Thank you very much for that, Scott. And we have another one. First ever Patreon question from Andreas Blum. He asked, Many people are speculating that Little Grogu will be killed by Ben Solo, or the Knights of Ren, rather, at Luke's Academy. I definitely don't think so for many reasons, and the biggest one is storytelling. Grogu and Yoda's species clearly live for a long time. This has allowed Yoda to become a character bridging the eras of the Empire, Republic and High Republic together. Would it not make sense then to use Grogu the same way moving forward? I can imagine Master Grogu, oh, 200 years into the future, being the character that we already know and love, introducing us to a new era of Star Wars adventures. So, what are your thoughts on that? Do you think that's a possibility? And how would you like that future to look? May the Force favour you both in 2021. May the Force favour you always, Andreas. Fabulous question. Always have a bit of bo- ba- uh, Grogu Baby Yoda on the episode. So, Luke, mate, what say you? Okay, so, Andreas, once again, uh, great use of your Patreon question. It's another spicy one. Um, okay, I think, once again, I've not really thought about an adult Grogu. It's not really coming, it's not coming to my mind, to be honest. Your question and your theory is 120% feasible. And it sounds great. It sounds absolutely great. And it's it's doable. That's the crazy thing. It's like, yeah, that makes complete sense. Imagine if we saw a adult Grogu. I could see... I think it would have to depend on the next star, few Star Wars films. And if people are brave enough to do that. My only thought, my only thought would be, you know, when parents look at their kids and their babies, they're like, oh, they're so cute, so cute. Then they grow up and they're just a normal, ugly person. Annoying person, yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? They're like, oh, it's just a normal adult now. You know, would yeah. it be a little bit like that? Would it be almost difficult to see... An adult Grogu, would it almost, I don't know, would it almost spoil the magic of having just the baby? The baby? I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. It's it's a hard one. That's my, that's my only counterpoint to that, because I actually think this is a very good and original idea, and it's a way of 
kind of like what Andreas is hinting at here, having that kind of iconic Star Wars visuals in a future story that's still super recognizable. It's, you know, familiar and it makes it all feel very, very connected. Um, those are my current thoughts. Matty Boy, what do you think, mate? It's a good question. It is a very good question. And the idea of using a a, a, character, a character that's around currently to bridge the gap between now and the future of Star Wars, which is kind of what you touched upon in our main main discussion, and that you still need to keep something recognisable. And we all want to move away from certain eras and factions and... Uh, visuals, but you still need to have something fundamentally Star Wars, whether that's a, a location, a ship, a character, uh, or just a tone. And maybe Grogu could be that tone. My only counterpoint would be we've already got that in Yoda. You mentioned the High Republic now, the Republic, and the um, the New Era as well. So would Grogu now being around for the next eight hundred years then essentially just be rehashing the Yoda story? Now, of course, that would only be the case if he, he failed, went into exile, and then died in a swamp. So if they gave him more to do than Yoda, and I don't mean that like, to say that Yoda didn't do anything, but I mean between Sith and Empire, you know, a good 20 years or whatever it was, mm. you know, he was kind of just chilling, chilling and alien on Dagobah. Um, so if they did something similar with Grogu, they'd have to sort of have him a lot more front and centre. Or even further in the background... Who just almost as a name, but I can see them doing it because of exactly what you said, Andreas. That this species, whatever they are, the green guys, they live for a long time. Yoda passed away at eight hundred. Now they may live for longer. I mean, look look at Masconata species live for thousands of years, but Yoda may have passed away just because the Force beckoned him to, or they may have had a couple of hundred years left in him if he'd been a bit fitter, you know, been on a few more runs. So I like the idea of it, mate. I really do. It's all. It all comes down to obviously how they use him and how the execution of that is pulled off. Because I wouldn't want it to feel like they're just doing it to have a Yoda sage-like character around because they can do. But I could. But at the same time, again, it depends how it's written. So if it's written well, bring it on, mate. Keep you know protect the baby at all costs. Even when he's like seven hundred years old, he's still going to be baby. So um, I can see them doing that, mate. So that's a pretty decent question. I I enjoyed your response to that, mate. It was probably more eloquent than mine. But Andreas, Scott, thank you so much for your questions. Everybody out there listening, what do you think? Are we going to get that Camino clone rebellion or a form of in the Bad Batch? Will Grogu be used as the kind of the, the glue between eras now and going forward in Star Wars? Let us know your thoughts. And for our Patreons, please don't forget uh, our upcoming special event which we're very excited for and we know that you guys are judging by the response that we've had luke bligh roll out the details yes so uh may boy this sunday the 17th of january 2021 i can't believe i'm saying that date that's crazy 17th of january sunday 2021 there is going to be a zoom watch along for our patreon so our patrons And Matt and I, we're all going to jump on a big Zoom call and we're all going to watch Return of the Jedi together. We're going to chat. We're going to have fun. We're all going to have snacks. Um, It's going to be great. And if you're listening to this and you're like, do you know what? That sounds like a bit of me. I want to be involved in that. 
you can be involved in that what are you talking about you can be involved with that go to patreon.com forward slash star wars sessions sign up from two dollars a month less than a cup of coffee yeah at a cup coffee shop and you could have hours of awesome association with your star wars virtual friends uh the zoom meeting is going to open at 7.30 p.m. British time. And the film will begin at 8 p.m. British time. So I'm just going to convert those times for you. I'm going to convert the opening time for you guys. So at 7.30 p.m., all us Brits are going to be on there, which of course means in Central European time, Paris, Stockholm, Berlin, etc. It's going to be 8.30 p.m. at night. It's going to be then 2.30 p.m. on the Eastern time zone in the United States. It's going to be 11.30 a.m. Pacific time zone united states it's going to be 6 30 a.m on the monday australian eastern time so that is monday 6 30 a.m let's see if our boy darth will make an appearance he says he will I, I, i'm not sure my boy i'm not sure 6 30 a.m it's early it's early um but there we go guys it's going to be so much fun it's going to be banter it's going to be a laugh we all get to see each other's faces chill out if you're shy you don't have to chat that much turn your camera off turn your mic off and just listen into the bands but if you want to get to know us you know chill grab some beerios matt i can't wait for this man it's going to be great Oh, mate, I can't wait to sit down with yourself, all of our wonderful patrons. Uh, have a, like I say, have a couple of snacks, have a couple of beerios, and just enjoy watching watching the movie. I'm really looking forward to it, mate. Star Wars is all about family and community, and what a better way than to spend it with those bunch of legends. Absolutely, mate. Absolutely. Sunday, 17th of January, 7.30pm British time. Be there or be square. Patreon.com forward slash Star Wars Sessions. That is that for this episode. Uh, this entry into the Bantina. Every week I call it an episode. It's an entry into the Bantina. Barman, sorry about the mess. We'll be back next week to sink a couple of couple more Kef beers. Call it a entry and answer some more of your questions and get a lot more of your thoughts. So until next week, Barman, catch you in a flip flop. Star Wars Sessions Game! Game! <clears throat> Sorry. Right, <laughs> this week on Star Wars Sessions, it's my turn to host the game. If you're new to the episode again, we always end with a, a nice little game to end off the proceedings. So, Luke, would you like to know what you're playing this week? Oh, yes, please, Papa Hudson. Yes, well, last week you came up with a pretty original idea and made me kind of sing. And this week I'm going back to the world and making you do something. And it's back to the Star Wars impressions game, mate. So you need to do some impressions of a couple of characters that I have in front of me. Oh, all right. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Are you up for this? So right, let's uh, do it. Let's do it, mate. Right. DJ, spin those spicy beats. Okay. Your first uh, character to do an impression of is... Ankar Plutt. Um, Ankar Plutt. On uh, Luke Summerfield's profile picture. Yeah. On quarter portion. <laughs> All right. Um, That's mine! 
<laughs> One quarter portion. <laughs> I'm, I'm surprised you led off with the that's mine quote. <laughs> yeah. Classic Ankar quote. Yeah, he loves it, doesn't he? He loves what's his. Yeah, he loves watching the Falcon go. Okay, Ankar Plutt, successful. There's a tick on the uh, imaginable, imaginable, the unreal, the not real, the translucent. Imaginary. Trans- <laughs> That's it. I like Tragedy. imaginable. I like That's that. That's it, the imaginable blackboard. So, um, Grief Cargo next, please. Grief Cargo. Um, well, uh, <laughs> I'm a Lando. Well, well... Hey, Mando. Mando. It comes out as Lando. Why? Um, right. Okay. I don't know, Mando. 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 <laughs> Mando. Deep. Deep pocket. <laughs> He's got a deep. Twilight that... healing baths. <laughs> Twilight healing baths. Twilight healing baths. Yeah, that's as... That's as best as I've I've got on that one, mate. That's as grief as you go. That's um, as grief as I go. Yeah. Elan slays Bagano or slays Bagano. Okay. You wanna buy any death st- <laughs> <laughs> That's that's a water. <laughs> that's that's a water. You wanna buy death sticks? We all know what Watto did when he lost old Shmee. He lost Shmee, lost his business, he just went selling the bad stuff. Or good stuff, depending on, you know. Um, no. You want to buy some... Damn, that sounds like Watto. I know, it is, it is kind of like that, isn't it? It was. It had a similar You want to buy some, buy some dev sticks? You want to buy good, some dev sticks? Yeah, there we go. I'll take that. Go man. home and rethink your life. Yeah, you need to go home. Jump off a cliff. <laughs> okay, do you have your own dev sticks? Uh, next up, this should be fire. Grogu? Oh, okay. <clears throat> Grogu. Uh. <laughs> he just choked on his food. <laughs> That's it. Here we go. Imagine, imagine the ears flapping. That's the Grogu I know and love. Um, what about Din Djarin? Oh. This is the way. There we go. Grogu. Grogu. <laughs> Grogu. <laughs> Grogu. Come over. <laughs> Come over here, Grogu. Did you not put your ball away? <laughs> Leave those eggs alone. Uh, I've got two oh, more for you. Topical. This one's going to be... Uh, this is going to be a good one. I think you're, you're going to smash this one at the park. Your penultimate one. Keeping on Mando theme. It's mm. Cara Dune. Oh. What? Okay. What? Give me a Cara line. Cara line. Um... Uh, uh, oh, one, one, one X-wing, one X. I suppose, yeah. Kara's kind of hard to do because it's she almost blends into like the normal American accent. Like, do you know what I mean? Or normal voice. I always say that when I take the mick out of people at work and I do impressions of them. There are some people I just can't do because I'm like, yeah, I don't, I, I don't notice what's. I don't know. I don't notice what is so so unusual or not unusual, so unique that I'm like, oh, I can try and replicate that. Yeah, like this is there's this guy in my office called John Wright, and I've got his mannerisms down to a T. 
down to a T, Matty boy. People crack up at it. And I, I walk up to him. I've, I've done this before. I've walked up to him and I've done an impression of him to him. And <laughs> like, I'm so doing Spider-Man it. Spider-Man meme. And he's pointing at each other. Yeah, exactly. And he's like, you did an impression of me. <laughs> it was great. That was one of the if best you were, if you of Cara Dune, Do you reckon she'd have that same uh, reaction? No, she wouldn't, mate. She wouldn't because I don't do a good Cara Dune impression. That's it. One X-Wing. That's it. That's all I got. She'd be like, well, you're rubbish, mate. She'd chuck you out. out out she would chuck me out she'd chuck me out the ship mate <laughs> right this one it's what this one <laughs> this is more for my pleasure this one you're going to thrive at and i know you will uh, literally there's no joke there finally can you do an impression i'm sure you can think of a line an impression of mace window oh mate a sith lord <laughs> a sith lord I thought I'd pitch that one for you to hit out of the yeah, park. that's it. This party's over. <laughs> there we go. I can't believe it. I can't believe those are legit lines in Star Wars. Matt, we heard this party's over. How good is that? Uh, that's, that's Samuel L. Jackson to Santa George. Look, I'm, I'm writing this line, basically. I, I'm picking the sabre colour. I'm writing this line. Do you know what? Watched Coach Carter last night. Yeah. Quality. Yeah. Quality. I loved that. Loved it. I was like, classic Mace Windu being a basketball coach. Classic. This, this didn't drop in the this party's overline, but, you know, we can't all be, he should can't have. All be heroes. He should have, Matt. He should have. But there, here we are. Here we are. Here we are. And there we go. That was the Star Wars Sessions game for this week. Lou Bly is once again flexing, flexing those impressions. Again, <laughs> the source on that man is unreal. So thank you for that. Flexing and snapping. Sounds a bit like Thanos, which is the MCU, which leads us full circle. However, we are about to uh, jump off the Essex Falcon now, because that is that for this episode of Star Wars Sessions. Episode 97, three more to the big hundred. But the fun doesn't end there. No one's ever really gone. Where can the world find us, Master Blywalker? They can find us at starwarsessions.co.uk. That is the central place for all things sessions. Uh, Find us on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, socials, Facebook, the lot. Just search for Star Wars Sessions. We will be there. Or drop us a message or a voice note. We love a cheeky voice note. Send it to hello there at starwarsessions.co.uk Yeah, we're on Anchor FM, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn and everywhere in the galaxy. You can find a podcast, you'll find us there. And if you love the show, please consider leaving us a good review on your podcast provider of choice and head on over to podchaser.com. It's the IMDB for podcasts. It's awesome. We're on there. So drop us a review over there too. It helps us more than you know gets more listeners in plus it means we get even more interaction with you guys the greatest listeners in the galaxy so thank you once again get those apple podcast reviews in guys and please tell all your star wars friends about us tell your mum tell your dad tell your mates tell your cats tell iron man himself tell your ewok tell your cousin the more the merrier and the castle spicier that's it. It is inevitable. Tell them that this is the podcast you're looking for. So until next time from me, see ya. And from Luke, may the force be with you always. Luke. <laughs>
Look. Oh, that was a good one. Thevin Kaigi. Beef it up. <laughs> Essex-based podcast heroes. Tell that to Country Club.